0: I'm sure we're gonna have some machine gun fire, Uh, but at the end of the day, the ammunition that you guys have all brought to the table is how to scale product. Now, when we talk about product, it's product, it's services, it's everything having to do with what you're selling or what your consumers are buying. So we have not only a regular team, but we've got a heroic team here. And that's why this podcast is called The Scale Up Heroes. If you wanna see past episodes of these heroes and how they fight the villains uh, that are trying to put them out of business, you can find those at startupacademy.io but today we've got literally a worldwide span from lisbon to london to paris to kuala lumpur to here in los angeles because i'm near la and we're going to be talking about scaling up product and there's probably nothing more important than scaling up product uh, as there is everything else to scale up and that comes with the team and that comes with uh, you know your funding and that comes with everything like that so before we actually lock and load, we have to get the official okay that we are live. So this is our awkward stall time. But you know, it's it's more about strategy. So from a strategic standpoint today, I'm going to open up the show. And then we've got Pedro, who's going to take it away with all the questions galore, because he's been working with everybody all week. And so if you were just lo- joining us, we are live. This is going to be kind of like a multiplayer game, uh, but instead of shooting each other, we're going to shoot our information about how to scale product. So again, we've got somebody from Lisbon, uh, all the way from London, Paris, Kuala Lumpur, and I'm here in Los Angeles. We're going to kick the show off with the scale of heroes. And these people are heroes because they are the ones that are wearing the capes behind the scenes. And one of them here is actually a real unicorn. Yes, unicorns are real. So speaking of unicorns pedro i know you didn't bring your horn today but i know it's there why don't you take it away and help us with this show uh scale up heroes for game ready play and action (laughs) thank you ryan for uh, the most
1: (laughs) amazing introduction um so First thing off, I would like really to thank uh, Scale Up Academy for for making events like this so we can shoot our information <laughs> to everyone. Uh, I think they're super useful, and we can really learn a lot from this one. Um, also, uh, big thanks for all for all the panelists that are here, w- which we have like team from ShieldPay, uh, Anil from Coding, and Ari from Platform Sage. And I'll try. F- I'll try to drive a, um, a discussion with this gentleman regarding product strategy, what influences it, how, are, how do we take those decisions. So before starting on this subject, I would like just to give a, an opportunity to everyone, like in one or two minutes to present themselves, present their company, maybe company size, if they got any any fun, uh, fundraising. Uh, so maybe we can start in alphabetical order. So I'd say Anil, can you, can you go first, please?
2: Sure. So, yeah, uh, as an I just thanks for the introduction. Yeah, I'm heading product at uh, Cowden. It's a Southeast Asian marketplace for service providers uh, and users. So, what as a company generally does is that we connect local vendors to people who have, we are like the sophisticated yellow directory for a lot of local vendors. And uh, yeah, so, for both me, as an I've been driving product at multiple companies. Uh, Before Kuala Lumpur, I was in India, where I was fortunately part of three unicorns before coming up to uh, Malaysia, yeah. So in Malaysia, as I thought the sophistication marketplace is a very good exposure per se, when to things like what India was in 2012 or 13. So that was one of the main reasons that I switched to Kuala Lumpur. And I thought that Kau Dem being a small team They they were still at the Series B when I joined them and uh, even now they are still at the Series B. So I thought the team is quite small and for me to scale up and see what exactly it takes for scaling up a team from a Series B company to a Series C company and make sure that I'm part of the growth curve. That's what drove me from India to Kuala Lumpur.
1: Good, thank you. Uh, Ari, do you want to go next?
3: I, I believe that the, the alphabet works like that. So hi, so I'm, I'm Ori Pekhalen from Platform.sh and our mission, our job in life is to simplify the cloud. Basically we allow um, uh, clients of any size from the individual developer or the small startup uh, to the huge multinational to deploy simply their applications to the cloud, make them evolve uh, and 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 like not get bogged down, but by by, by uh, yeah, the myriad of things that you know make life miserable for people operating things, up. and at scale, and so like at small scale and at big scale, it's the things, yeah. So and and we were like uh, we've uh, just had our, our annual uh, retreat last week in Barcelona it was fun. Uh, we're a fully distributed company, so uh, from people from New Zealand through. Hong Kong, all of Europe, up to the West Coast. So with uh, are now 100 and there were 40 new faces for me uh, to make. Um, so we're kind of at the, the rhythm at which we're doubling everything all the time. And product too, yeah. So um, hi,
4: everybody. All right. So who's next? Go ahead, Tim. (laughs) uh, I'm Tim Rowe and I work with a uh, startup called Shieldpay and Shieldpay uh, have digitized escrow payments. So we enable businesses and consumers to spin up uh, full escrow accounts in a matter of minutes. And that traditionally would take uh, quite an extended period of time with uh, contracts exchanged with lawyers. Um, The tech that we've built is enabling uh, marketplaces around the world to become fully transactional e-commerce sites. We've recently completed what we understand is the very first uh, digital house purchase end-to-end in the northern hemisphere. And in fact, uh, breaking news on Friday, we did the first chain transaction globally um, uh, for a house purchase. So, the applications for our escrow technology are are growing by the day and they enable um, entities and consumers to pay uh, other businesses and and other consumers that they don't know safely and securely. Um, And I'm responsible for international expansion at Shieldpay and our bank partnerships.
1: Great, great. Good news from everyone, I see myself my name is pedro vargas i'm a product manager at talkdesk um, basically talkdesk it's it's a product that that stands for connecting their uh, customers to, uh, sorry their customers to their to their clients um, regarding support or sales or anything else basically it's a contact center as a as a service so um, in another session, uh, we talked about product strategy, and and there were actually two statements that that I found that that I got really fond of. That were building a product right and building the right product um so even regarding this building the right product and regarding product strategy um i think it's safe to say that we have many pillars nowadays on uh, that stand for a product strat- for a product strategy it may be understanding the market needs so we can address our product to the right people or businesses that will use and pay for it uh, also having key features that will um, work as differentiators that will allow our product to stand out in the competing offers uh, competing offers that, that that are on the market and also not forgetting uh, this product strategy to be aligned with the with the company business goals. So, what I would like to understand from 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 you is that, from your experience in in your companies nowadays, what do you feel that are the main drivers that that uh, mostly influence the, the product strategy? Maybe maybe you can start uh, on it, Tim.
4: Sure. So um, I'd really echo one of the pillars that you talked about, and that's understanding what your market is and who your user is. And I was reading a a fascinating piece about, um, I think it was described as the most important failure in Silicon Valley. And it was uh, a a tech startup in in the 80s. And the learning from that was that the most important person in, who's not in the room is actually your user. So it's really, I think, core to the strategy is understanding the market that you're chasing, understanding the revenue pools in that market. So are you gonna create enough value out of it? And then who is the or who are the users for the product and really understanding quite deeply what their needs are, Uh, rational and emotional that you're going to solve for and that that to me those those three insights are are the absolute fundamentals of any good product design and strategy you know understand your market understand how you will make money from it and understand what needs you're solving for for the users
1: great great do you have anything to add anil for on what tim said
2: yeah, definitely. I think uh, both of you guys were bang on the point, but I feel that you know, it's more very theoretical when you say that you understand the market, users, and everything. But in very you know, practical and realistic standpoint, the business leaders do drive the strategy in the company when it comes to it, right? So let's say the scale of the company that you are in and the type of product that you are in defines the strategy as well. For example, let's say a series A company which is about to raise funds for the series B, or a series B which is ready to raise funds for the series C, or anything. The though, you, though my users are always at the center point of my discussions, but still the strategy goes to a different level, or the important metric that you plan to address at that point of time, where we sit about it, and I think that really matters as an how your product is strategized in itself and what are the product features that you prioritize? Because at the start of you always have a lot and a lot of features on the plate always, but the crux of it is always about prioritization. And I think data plays a very big role when it comes to prioritization of what uh, feature that I want to ship. And as you guys have mentioned above, that you know, what to build. And when it comes to uh, how to build it, for example, you should make sure that you build the MVP first because it's all hypothesis, unless and until it goes out to my user and my user tells me whether it is right or wrong. And the one thing which I learned very early on in my career was that you are not the user. The user is very different from who the product manager or the business team is. Uh, Yeah, so I think when you talk about scaling a product, I would definitely look at it. The business strategy aligned with making an MVP to make sure that it is in the right direction or not. Uh,
3: Great. Great piece of I'm feedback. I'm going to be Go ahead, a iconoclastic. I, 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 I want to be a bit iconoclastic on this because, uh, because everybody's lean these days. Uh, and it's, for me, it's kind of amusing or weird to hear uh, around product. All the time, people talk about uh, strategy and discuss tactics all the time. Uh, strategy is something that, right, it's the big movements of the, in, in your shooter game, it's the, the big movements of the armies, right? It's not a single battle. And, and for us, it's always like, the, the, we have a strategy, uh, which means that we believe that the uh, market will move in a certain direction within the next three to five years. And that we want to, uh, we might be wrong, but we want to be there when the market would have been, you know, would have moved. This is the position we want to have in order to be something that amuses us. And the question is often, what are the tactics and um, that are going to bring us there? But like without ever, uh, because we know, for example, like on, on 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 precisely on the question of which features first. And uh, sometimes the feature you are going to give out is an enabler uh, to something else that will only appear later. Sometimes you're the product guy and precisely your value is in someone playing poker, right, in guessing uh, correctly what is in the hand of some other player. And it's not always, of course, evidently, if anyone here is passing three years in developing user visible features, and testing them out for the first time on the big bank deployment, yeah, you will fail. But the, it, it's not always, for it's, me, it's often about uh, how do I align uh, whatever the, the users will like now with the place where if ever I win that battle, it's gonna be huge. So it's always about like, hey, yes, let's do our growth hacky, something nice now, but often enough, with like looking very, very far away into the future.
1: Great, I think. I think from from what we've got, so we're talking about MVP. We're talking about looking really to the market, understanding what which are our clients and not only building this mvp so we can test it test it really fast but also uh, having in mind where we see the, the, that this industry is moving in 3 to 5 years right so we can we can build uh, the product right i would say so this is a, the second question that i was going to ask you is that so we do want to build the product right because if we only see uh, in like one or two months from now then we can be incurring in tech debt we can be incurring into Building a product that it will not scale. So that's that's actually uh, the question that I wanted to to go forward next is then building the the product right. So we have this we have the, our product strategy that will certainly put us on the on the path of building the right product but now building this product right we can have like many tough decisions to take here so because sometimes we can impact our our development teams uh with so many dependencies between uh, between themselves also um there is so much uh, these teams can do and uh, and when we're 20 maybe it's A lot easier for them to sync up and to talk to each other, but when you start to scale when you start to grow 50 people 100 people, then the communication between them it's 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 it it gets harder. And one of the things that I that I would like to also to understand from from your own experience is when When we have to take decisions, so as anil said i I have to take a decision on building this m v p and 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 as Ari said as well, so I'm building this m v p but i have to to see further i I cannot see only in one or two months ahead i have to to figure it out what this industry will be in three to five years and and that can change within a year so my my, my question here is. How do you base your decisions? What's behind when you have to take a decision? What's behind your your? What is your thought process on this? Um, Ari, do, do do you want to start here? Uh,
3: for me, it's, it's really interesting because I, I always consider myself to be a kind of a representative for the customer. So I I basically represent, but. I represent the customer in different functions. It changes, you know, within the day, but sometimes, you know, a period. periods. Sometimes you're an ambassador. So you're, 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 and the main thing is like empathy and really understanding your user, not in the sense of how do I manipulate my user best, but how do I really uh, uh, deliver some value that makes their lives so much better than it was before that they will keep me later, that they will follow me. But sometimes it's about being a translator. And and I think that is the hardest job. The ambassador, if you like like your customers, being the ambassador is easy. The translator is something hard because this is the moment in which you listen to your customers and you always say yes, but not like they thought. Because often enough, they will uh, look at the the problem space from what they no from the broken brokenness of current tools and they will ask you for extremely broken horrible things like my customers often ask can we have ftp can we transfer files for ftp and i have to say like of course yes but no that cannot possibly happen yes but the need is there and and i need to try and translate uh, the need into something that uh, uh, will make sense for them that it's secure that um, uh, that is as easy to use if possible if possible easier maybe maybe there's like in the analysis of okay what is it really that you are asking me for And maybe the answer is something something else so I, I, I think that in this work of prioritization uh, we as product um, uh, gotta figure out at each point, when we make these decisions, uh, what kind of representative of the customer, customer am I today? And uh, and I think that you know that having multiple, like having a good dynamic in the product team where people like move around between these roles. So sometimes, you know, and, and so you can yell at people and, you know, even if it's a rubber duck yeah. um, uh, and saying, you know, yeah, you want to say yes, but this, doesn't smell like the right yes. And, and so it's very often for me about uh, doing some stuff later and not basically not injecting the product with all of the things and trying to figure out how do you find a general solution for the problem? Not, a, not, a, a, you know, not saying yes, but saying yes to this need and to all the others that are in its class Uh, building the product right i think it's about that is is solving problems in bundles not one by one
1: great great can can i can i risk is like to say that is understanding the why on the need of our clients and then driving driving it so we can understand if everyone feels this way and then having a solution for it right
3: yeah and, and and sometimes it's again it's simply because, in my domain, I, we, we deal with a lot of suffering, really. I mean, developers, system administrators, suffer because everything is broken. And uh, and sometimes they, def- they become extremely defensive. Uh, like, you know, w- one of the things we say is deploy on Fridays. Because if you cannot deploy on Friday, you shouldn't be deploying on Monday either because you are fearful and there's something and and our thing is not go and respect the, the don't deploy on Friday thing but is to help the customer understand why they fear deployment and try to get you know to to the core because they only become happy with us when they start deploying on Fridays when they lose the fear so it's it's, it's a whole journey in which even when you give the people the right feature it's Often not enough because they also need to give them the possibility to change, to adapt their culture. Um, it, it's a, 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 it, it's I, I do believe the product is a real conversation when the feature is not the answer. The feature is just part, it's out of a voyage. To make it really stick, you need to understand why they believe they needed something else sometimes.
4: <clears throat> yes, yeah, so I'd agree with that. Great. Tim, do you want to add something here? Um, Sure. At least from my perspective, I think this is where the product vision becomes so important, because if we're constantly and we are um, under pressure to, Balance the need for tactical delivery and new features and demands from clients, and I something really chimed that Ori said there around really understanding is the feature something that the user really wants or needs, or is it a something that the sales team have misheard or misinterpreted and are bringing back to base? So for me, I think the, the product vision is very key to helping. Keep you on, uh, I guess, a true north to where you ultimately want the product to get to. I think one of the most important feedback loops for me is uh, in, in my role on product is from our CEO and founder, Pete, who's just awesome at this. It's really understanding what we need to land to make our investment case compelling and because of the stage of this the business that we are at, you know, we're seed, we're still in our seed uh, in the midst of our series A, really understanding what's the next thing and the next thing that we need to land to make that investment uh, proposition compelling and prove that, yeah, we're a slam dunk for that series A and series B, which is something that Anil uh, picked up and spoke to. So I think that vision, a feedback loop uh, on what what do we need to land for the investor stakeholders and then what are our users requiring or needing from us are uh, the, the feedback loops that help me prioritize better as, as someone who, who's led product into digital businesses now.
1: Sorry got muted. Uh Great feedback, Tim. Great feedback. I, I totally agree and, and resonate with that. Anil, do you have any anything more to add? These guys already yeah. said so many
2: things. <laughs> yeah, there are so many things. I just want to start, uh, put it up this way as well. Right? That, that's how we started off saying that you have multiple stakeholders when it comes to a product roadmap or anything that you plan to build. But it's always that vision of where you want to be in the next maybe an year or two. We're going to start a world where I am three years or five years is too long for me. (laughs) It's only one year or two years down the line is what I look at a product vision or anything, right? So in that, uh, uh, let's say, when you look at that vision of how to build things, you to ensure that you build products in a fashion where you can satisfy most of the stakeholders. It's tough for you to satisfy every stakeholder. And finding the problem statement gets more crucial over here. Let's say that when you ask a user about a problem, like a lot of people have already said it earlier that when you ask a user what to build, he would tell you a hundred answers leader to understand what exactly to build.
1: Great. So picking up on, on Ryan words. So our bazookas, our machine guns will be totally the feedback from our clients, understanding where we want, where we want to be in, in, in some time from now and, and really driving it faster, failing it faster through MVPs, getting feedback from our clients, building up all again, and all of this uh, with a with baseline that is understanding why do uh, clients reach out with certain needs, so we can really understand what what lies beneath their, their 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 requirements. So we can deliver something that is that is for not all of them, but at least for most of them that they feel this pain.
3: Uh, but, but there's like for us anyway. Though, there's something interesting there. With you know, we, uh, we were people that didn't really have a question about a product market fit. In a way, because the second we put the product out, we like had incredible just feedback. But then again, uh, because we had a very early traction and quite strong traction, uh, I always worry uh, about uh, the the bias of your existing customer base. Uh, We had a lot of people from a very specific subculture. Uh, so it was great with them, but uh, uh, we had ambitions that were larger, and it was quite amusing because internally, every time that we tested uh, stuff with our existing customers, uh, they would sometimes, like, uh, uh, we, like when you ask them, hey, do you want simpler or more powerful? We want this notch. They would kind of say, no, nah, it's fine. It's working. It's fine. If you can... it even dumber and (laughs) cinder. And, uh, but we discovered, you know, that like what we wanted to do was go up market, go every time one step up, one step to the right. And the validation of existing customers, uh, you know, wouldn't forcefully give us that answer. So it was often enough also about making some choices that sometimes would not be incredibly, well accepted by our, uh, you know, just injecting uh, bits of, of uh, suffering through the removal of magic. So something that is totally magical, now you need to do something. But then again, it opens the world of possibilities of doing other stuff. So, and, and this was successful for us. It was successful for us to test the waters in, you know, just a bit at market, see, hey, does this resonate? And when we discover that yes, often enough, the people downstairs later, they were also happy because they discovered that, you know, these were people doing maybe like a Drupal website and then Node.js became also and stuff area. And now they have people doing Python and oh, they do the MongoDB and InfluxDB. And so they, with time, their use case also kind of more aligned with us going, going up market. Uh, so I think that's an interesting thing. Like validation is not always validation.
1: Team Anil, do you have anything to add, or can we move to another oh. question?
4: I think movement. Move. No, yeah. That, that, yeah, well. Okay,
1: part. so we have ten minutes left, uh, and instead of a question, I would, I would just like to to you guys to um, to give you basically, it's giving you a chance to share share some story, anything that you that you feel that it was a great achievement or it was some kind of achievement, um, and why because um, I, I think that sometimes um giving our our past experiences telling a, telling a, telling a story about something that can really resonate with 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 others and can enlighten or can even motivate to to some to to some of di- to some difficult times that w- that we can can go by um anil do you do you want to share
2: some story? oh well yeah so when I just moved on to the startup world, it's almost like six years since I moved on to the startup world. And uh, the first experience itself was very enthralling and exciting for me because when I joined a company, it was a messaging application. We were at around 300k DAU. And by the time I left, almost after, an, after two years, we were at 8 million DAU. So the scale that we had seen was almost like Twenty or thirty X that we had seen the uh, and uh, for us what really worked was understanding the market uh, very specifically uh, uh, understanding our user base. Saying that you know we were very focused on looking at a user base of sixteen to twenty five, and that's when we understood that in this group and we want to target this audience, the features that we build for them have to be very very specific, and we do not want we we very, uh, let's say, focusedly down, uh, narrowed down saying that we do not want to build for the larger audience. It's just the 60 to 25 age group is what we want to target down. And the features that we built actually attracted the audience, so things that you don't have in WhatsApp, like you know, kids, the reason that was uh, when we did our study to understand what exactly attracts these kids of the age group 60 to 25 is that there was a reason why we moved, all of us moved from awkward to Facebook and Facebook to WhatsApp, it's because your uncles and aunties come onto this. Uh, you know, all your extended family comes onto these groups, and you wanted to maintain some privacy when it comes to your chat applications or anything. Because uh, we were building a chat application, and what we did is that we made sure that users could choose who their status updates are visible to. So it's like it's visible to everyone, but you choose who it becomes visible to. And then the next part was a hidden chat, wherein you know very specifically when it comes to the Indian ecosystem where boyfriend and girlfriend is not such an open culture, right? So you tend to maintain a lot of privacy over there. And we made sure that the chat app has a hidden chat. And what happened with that is you could chat with your girlfriends send lots of uh, love stickers and everything. But when your friend opens your app, it's just gone. You don't see it. Your friend doesn't see it. It's only you who can see it. And that really gave us some good traction when it came to the user base and what we exactly made out of it is that we developed a lot of loyal user base. The other chain follows. So a lot of people did come to the platform, but my user base stuck onto it because they just loved that feature. Great, great, really great. Sorry, Tim.
4: Um, I would go back to uh, a role I had and I was working with a very mature brand in the UK and in Spain uh, in a very mature market in payments and uh, we ended up doubling market share in uh, the particular segment that we were working with so consumer spending Um, and I guess for me, uh, the learning that I took out of that experience was a lot of what we've talked about today, the importance of understanding the users, so how the users use the product and what their affinity was to our brand, um, and then using those insights to design products that they loved and engaged with and used, and then as we went through that design process of the MVP, uh, looking at how that reflected back into the financials of the contract because it was a B to B to C play. So we were distributing product with uh, a number of partners in both of those up, uh, uh, markets. So we, unders- we then projected out the financial return for the partners and that allowed us to Align the incentives in the agreements to drive the right behaviors and the right product design. And for me, that's just a, a great um, example of how when you align the user with the product, with the commercials, and make sure that you're creating a, a nice balance so that every stakeholder wins. You know, there's enough value being invested back in the customer in your relationship with your distribution partner to make things really work well. And off the back of that, yeah, we, we, we uh, more than doubled our consumer market share in those two markets. So it's very, very proud of that achievement.
3: Awesome, awesome. Yeah, and, and, and yeah, I, I can, you, you know, failures are also always like a nice story. And, and this is a failure. So uh, very early in our life, we, in like in the, the initial strategic roadmap, the product, these things, OK, our thing would be a great thing to, because we like abstractions. So to be something that empowers other people to build on top. So we, we, so we you could take our, our technology and just build uh, another, you know, like SaaS products on top of it. And then we shut it down. Because we're like, hey, we're too small, we're illegitimate. Uh, this sounds like heavy lifting, never gonna happen, and stuff. And it was like, oh, this would have been the coolest thing, and we can't build it. And then we got the contract, like, oh my god! So uh, uh, Magento, uh, a big e-commerce uh, company, and and they we it was a very quick talk, and we had to deliver it like in in, in really really early, like in a few weeks, and. Uh, and now, because you know we did it late, now we're like, okay, we went back to the drawing board and productized it again. So now we can do that, and it's an amusing thing because I don't know if if we would have chosen to develop the feature when we wanted to, we might not have had Magento, and it was very successful for them. They got bought by Adobe, so they're they really happy about that. One point seven. But I don't know that if we would have followed our correct instincts, that we would have been able to correctly implement it. And, so, and very probably, if we would have went to that level of engineering investment, we were very, very few people. We would have probably built it wrong, and we would not, not have gotten the chance to build it right later. But yeah, late, potentially. We could have had it like three or four years ago. But now you know, like we have it, and we have a reference client that is not of the smallest. So uh, I think that's like the thing. Oh, there are no wolves, no wolves. You never know. You just have to like go out and fight and cry.
4: Yeah, that's a good observation. No (laughs) (laughs) wolves.
1: Really good one. I, I can I can tell from my side. I can share a little story in the two minutes that we got left. So. Um, before joining in, in, in to talk desk uh, i i tried to to, to start uh, a startup and we got all amazed with this awesome idea that we had and we actually went to it was kind of b2b to c thing um basically it was to to show up the music that is the, the music that is playing on every disco and on, and on every bar that is within a city cuz maybe you're, you're a local, but when you're not a local, you don't know where you want to get out or to have a drink or something. And music, music quite drives the, 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 the persons that are, that are on those, on the, on the pubs or on the discos. So um, we were like, this was an amazing idea. We interviewed some persons and we never interviewed any person from bars to pubs to discos. So when we, when we just drive down, we, Built the this MVP. We built everything, and when we start to interview bars and discos, no one, no one wanted it. It, it, it was like, no, no, I don't want your microphones here, uh, listening to the sound that that is playing on my disco. No, I don't want it. So it's, it was kind of, it, it was a tough thing to to learn that it, that you should you should really understand what is the need behind our customers, and you should should really dig. Sometimes I think we should put more energy into understanding the needs, into understanding the industry, than actually building up our idea. And I think that's one of the things that I really learned about is know your industry because uh, it's it's the first the first step for you to achieve something great with with your product, I think. But yeah, that's my two cents here.
4: My two cents.
3: And you're a unicorn, so everybody should listen only to Pedro. <laughs> And don't be us because we're smaller. No, no. I mean, <laughs> I'm not the, the unicorn.
1: <laughs> I'm not the unicorn here, but yeah. <laughs> thank you, thank you very much, guys, for for for
0: this time, and thank you for for putting up with me. Uh, Ryan, you can take it from here, man. All right. So I've been taking some notes and making some drawings. And if you look here, this this is the battle. This is the battle plan. Okay. <laughs> And if you look up here, this is, uh, this is Ori, and you can see he's got the helmet on. So the weapons that Ori has, he's got truth bombs, okay? That means you... Th- Go ahead. You're still on. Am I still on? Yeah, you're still on. Okay, cool. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so let's see here. And we can see you. <laughs> you can see me. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, we're back. We're, we're back. And 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 here, I'll skip to the bottom because at the bottom, you see, we got Pedro with the phone because uh, he, he's in the back controlling it all. So this is the game plan. Now, Ori's got truth bombs, right? This is the bomb on the battlefield that he throws and it lands and it says yes, but no. Boom. And it blows up because you know what the customer wants. You also have what I'm calling the target market tracker. Okay, This is a specific thing that you can target the target market. So everybody's shooting at the wrong targets and you're out there in the lead. And then finally, you've got these secret maps, right? These secret special maps you've picked up. And the answer is that on Friday, that's the best place to learn. So you've got that. Now we've got (laughs) Neil and Tim here on both flanks. And if you can see, uh, one has vision goggles and the other has earphones on. Because (laughs) uh, let's see, Tim, you've got product vision night goggles because you're all about the product vision. You've gotta have that going on. And then you've also got a very special weapon called the feedback loop net, which is a big loop net like a like a Gatling gun that shoots out and actually grabs onto your CEO who brings it back and then attaches to the client and you've got this feedback loop that's happening. And then Anil, um, You know, you've got supersonic hearing aids. Nobody sees you. You're just like standing around. You're like, I'm fine, but you're listening to everything. You're listening to the customer. You're listening to what they want. You know, they want secret chats. You're building it. And then you're not even telling anybody about the secret chats to create the loyalty. And then, Pedro, in the end there, um, I'd like to say that, you know, you've got what I call the problem statement punch. At the end of the day, it comes back to you know hand-to-hand combat. You're there in front of person and you just you just keep punching them with what is this problem that you're solving? Um, and then again, you've got the repeater, the ultimate repeater. You're the guy that goes and picks up everybody's guns after the ammo's out, and then you continue to shoot them because you're actually listening. And listening is one of the best skills on the battlefield. So I feel like if we were out there in a real live playing game uh, in this startup battlefield, you guys would be the right team. We've got the guy who's just running full force in front, Ari, you were just taking everybody out with truth bombs. And then, uh, I feel comfortable with the Neil and Tim on the sides. We've got the vision and the hearing, and then, you know, Pedro in the back, you were just picking up the weapons and making sure that everybody's got enough ammo and fuel for the long haul. So in, in the scaling product, you guys are my team that I want when it comes to the multiplayer game. Uh, you've laid out the strategy pretty well here.
1: Thank you. thank you very much man thank well, you, thank very you.
3: Much. <laughs> you can be
1: on our <laughs> team for <laughs> <sure>. <laughs> all
0: right guys well hey this has been another fun podcast and as you can see business doesn't always have to be serious but it's great to get everybody from around the world and a lot of the perspectives align like a good team and if you think about it going to the start of battlefield is literally a battle so you got to keep the right partners, the right teams, the right weapons, uh, and make sure that you, you're on point with it. So if you want to find out other military ops when it comes to business, scaling up financing and talent, all that, check out startupacademy.io. Uh, I'm sorry, Scale up academy. because we're dealing not with startups, but scaleupacademy.io. We'll see you every Monday here. Everybody, what a good time. We'll see you on the battlefield again soon. Thank, Thank you. you. All right. Thank you, baby. Adios. Bye-bye. See ya. Bye.